This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Radio show. It is Monday, June 7th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co host, the Savage One, Mr. Tony Spark. Tony, aside from your tech woes, how you doing? <laughs> doing good, doing good this morning. Yeah, definitely frustrated with the uh, company Apple and uh, their crap ass updates and all that. But aside, I'm not going to get into it because it's going to piss me off. So I'm just going <laughs> to. Get into character, have fun, ready for a fun day, man. Uh, how was your weekend? Had a great weekend, you know, sort of a nice mix of relaxing, getting stuff done, got the house cleaned up finally, uh, did some stuff out in the yard, and then had family over yesterday to uh, just sort of hang out and, and uh, you know, enjoy a, a, a nice Sunday. Nice, nice. I did the cleaning as well. Um I made it out, saw a quiet place too with a friend, so I got to see that again in a loud... Uh, scare, you know, it was great. The setting of big going to see it in a loud theater and actually watching the people jump was awesome. Yeah. It was even better the second time. I, I have to say it was great the first time. It was better the second. So uh, yeah, that's how you, you guys haven't seen it yet. Whew, yeah. You, flick. That's how you want to see a horror movie. You know, other people in the theater, obviously their reactions kind of spark your reactions. You know, if it's just you in the theater, yeah, it can be good, but not the same as like other people jumping. Right. Like, uh, first time I saw it, I didn't see it in quite as loud of a theater. And there was uh, only two people in there with me, but they were behind me. So I couldn't see their reaction versus this time, you know, my friend, I had other people down the aisle. So you got to see everybody's reaction. And there was still one scene, man. It, like, it got me to flip and jump, even though <laughs> you knew what was coming. Forgot. Yeah, it was coming, <laughs> but it still got me because it was so loud. Like, the theater is so, it was just great. Yeah, I mean, that whole atmosphere, but here nor there, man. Good weekend overall. Got caught up on Bad Batch and uh, finished off Modoc. so. Oh, very cool. Wow, you did get a yeah. lot done. Well, guys, I got a lot of catching up. I didn't make it to uh, The Conjuring. I know you had watched that. I, I didn't get around to watching that this. I had one day off. That's it. I had Sunday. <laughs> Normally, I'm off today to 
continue that, but no, I go right back into the fold today at work and, uh, you know, I'll be off to uh, Nebraska later this week uh, for Anders' first birthday. So, hi, v- Anders. Very cool. Well, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host. Now, Tony, I'm going to ask you to put your hypothetical hat on because I know this isn't you. But say you were running from the cops, you abandon your vehicle, you run into a building. What is the last building that you want to run into to try and hide from <laughs> the police? Oh, the last building you want to run into? Oh, such a good question, I guess, on the fly. I guess the the last thing you want to run into is, um, we'll say, uh, oh, man, I suck at this. I don't know. Bank. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't do that. I'm picturing myself doing this. But, uh, yeah, I guess maybe we'll just say, just because it's probably going to be crazy, we'll say the last thing you want to run into is a sex shop, I guess. Okay. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Well, the Thames Valley police saw the funny side of an incident, tweeting, We were worried when a driver stopped his car and ran into a building to hide. Luckily, that building was the Aylesbury Police Station. Oops. (laughs) Oops. Using the thumbs up emoji, it said the station's front counter had since reopened the police and anyone looking to hide from police. It added a number of small items were thrown inside the station, and it had closed briefly so they could be recovered. The items would be sent off for testing. A 25-year-old man from London was arrested on suspicion of being concerned in the supply of drugs. Being concerned, okay. (laughs) I didn't know you could be uh, arrested for that, but... uh, Needless to say, yeah, you know, he uh, took off on foot, uh, figured he'd hide inside a building, and the building he hides inside is, well the police station. So uh, while a sex shop would be uh, a place you wouldn't necessarily want to hide, this is certainly uh, the last place, but uh, made the police lives easier, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I mean, turned himself in. What an idiot. <laughs> Don't you think you'd maybe take a glimpse up at the sign of the uh, building that you're running into just to be safe? Yeah. Yeah, just make sure. Is that a cop station? No. Nope. <laughs> but needless to say, I mean, if this guy's stupid enough to run into a police station, it's probably best that he's off the streets. Yeah. Well, most criminals would be better off the streets, but this is just uh, one extra way to get an idiot off the out of, out of the, everyone's hair there. Exactly. I mean, the only thing worse would be if it resulted in like a Darwin Award. Like it, he walked into a manufacturing facility that, uh, you know, he fell into a vat of chemicals or, you know, something like that. So who knows? <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) In any case, folks, it is Monday. We've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? Briefly, I hate Mondays. Hate them. Therefore, I decree from this day forward, there will be no more Mondays. Yeah, I'd be okay if there were no more Mondays. But since there is, you know, we've got a new show for you. Now, as we do on Mondays, we've got Silly Rabbit. This bit is for kids. We've got a segment called Welcome to the World of Tomorrow, and we round out the day with This Day in History. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. The Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. 
from the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming Video Game Box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We've got a little thing we talk about each episode. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you were stupid enough to uh, hide from police during a police chase in a police station. Well, we want to hear about it. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, being that it is Monday, as we like to do on Mondays, we take a look at the strange world of kids, some of the funny things they do with a segment I like to call Silly Rabbit. This bit is for kids. All right, it's that time again where we find silly things that kids say. And uh, this week we're going to do kind of a thing that you had sent me over this little article where uh, parents use reverse uh, psychology and it totally worked on their clueless kids. Have you ever used this on your boys? I'm sure I have, not intentionally, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, if... If something else isn't working, you try, you know, something different and uh, maybe reverse psychology works. And see if it works. Well, here's some here's 30 times. We won't get through all 30. Obviously, the segment uh, doesn't run that long. But uh, let's see in 10 minutes how many we can get through here. And we'll start uh, with this one where this uh, lady took her three year old son to one of the doctor visits where he was going to get a shot. He was worried about the shot and the whole drive over almost to the point of tears. We get to the doctor's office and a nurse sub uh, lets me know that my son is not just scheduled for one shot, but five in the same visit. Oh, no. I turn. She, well, this person turns to their son with an exaggerated smile and tells them, good news. They figured out how to take that one big shot you were going to get and instead break it up into these five tiny shots so they won't hurt nearly as much. You could see the relief wash over his face. He stopped squirming and relaxed completely. He took the first shot and even smiled and said, it's true, the small ones don't hurt. We actually made it through the third shot before the effect wore off and reality kicked in. <laughs> Still, counted as a victory. So, Brilliant. You know, this this person uh, just totally, like, how do I make this easy? It's going to suck, but let's let's make it. <laughs> that third one, like, this is not fun. Only two more. <laughs> well, with kids, sometimes the worry is worse than what actually happens. And so sounds like that was the case here. And, uh, you know, getting through the third shot without the kid freaking out, I would say that's a victory. 
<clears throat> I would too. This person here, now none of these have names, so I have to call them this person and I'll just read it as is. So right. usually it's like Twitter user, blah, 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 Twitter user this. This one doesn't have any names. Uh, uh, my mom had a friend that would put vegetables on her own plate and not the kids. When the kids asked, she would be reluctant to share. That's grown-up food, but I suppose I can have. I can let you have a little. Her kids grew up loving vegetables. I sat at the dinner table for three hours staring at the yucky cauliflower. I refused to eat. <laughs> so it's kind of... How do you get the kids? And I think the earlier you get the kids into vegetables, the better long term. Um, I didn't have I was forced to eat vegetables as a kid and I hated it. I don't hate it so much now. I just don't choose to do it too often. Like a good example is your hot, you know, on your hamburgers. I never get lettuce, tomato. (laughs) You know, I just tell them don't waste it. Right. But but if I'm having a, you know, a steak or something like that, asparagus, lettuce, you know, salads, things like that, I can do that. It's just sometimes I like it and I have to be in the mood for it. But, you know, here smart to get your kids into them young and tell them it's the forbidden, you know, (laughs) the younger, the better. So this person here, when I was a kid, I refused to get up in the morning. My mom said we were going to trick my dad into thinking I was still asleep. So she made me put on my clothes and then hide under the covers and pretend to be asleep. Then my dad would come in to wake me up and I would fool him because I was already dressed and ready. This worked on me for years and I never questioned it. In hindsight, it's pretty obviously that my parents just wanted me to get dressed without a fuss. So... (laughs) Thinking, thinking like, aha, I'm going to one-up you. It's like, oh, no, this is great. You're already done. I don't have to worry about it. That's pretty smart. It's actually smart, smart thinking if, uh, you know, even as an adult, sometimes if you know you got to do like a, a crappy turnaround, whether it's a flight, work, whatever it may be, maybe it's best to shower and get ready the night before. I tell myself that like when I have one of those early red-eye flights, like, I'll just get ready the night before. So all I have to do is just get up from a power nap and be out the door. But I never do that. Never I works out get, that way. <laughs> I always say uh, it'll be better to just jump in the shower, get ready. But the the hard part is actually getting up to do said shower. Exactly. That's the, yep. that's the hard part. Oh, I had one of those uh, mornings this morning. So <laughs> I feel for <laughs> yeah, this you're kid. Like, oh, I should have just had it. Uh, This person, one of their best friends through childhood, used to be punished with no salad if she misbehaved. She cherishes salad now and would always try to eat as much as possible during school lunch. Coincidentally, her husband now used to be punished with no books. It had the same effect. I think it's hilarious that they'd be hitting the salad bar in library like some black market their narc parents couldn't reach. (laughs) And it's, it's one of those things, you know, like one of the punishments, um they should have taken away are those things like you would do that would, you would use more later in life. You mm-hmm. know, back when I was a kid and I'd get in trouble, I was allowed to go to my room, but I'd only be allowed to read a book. Right. You know, I wasn't allowed to play video games or something like that. It was, uh, and then you, you as- yeah, you associate reading a book with the punishment. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's like, dude, you want to pick up a book? Not really, <laughs> you know? So no salad, no books. What a nightmare. Uh, This person here, uh, not reverse psychology exactly, but when they first had their son, uh, who was about four, he would often burst into their bedroom way too early in the morning, full of energy. It was up to the parent to either get up 
or engage with them or send them off on some mission so as to grab a few more precious minutes of shut-eye. Uh, this person's proud. He was telling them to go find which legs could run the fastest. He was charging around the corridor for ages, doing a kind of a maniac goose step before he came back in panting as they were both the same. <laughs> all right. All right. That works. I don't know uh, how well you could sleep with your kid running around the house, but, uh, nah. yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of the thing. Here's the problem. I don't have kids, but I can only imagine that once the kid's up and they know and they've already come into the room and know it's only a matter of time before they come back to check on you to see if they're up. They're going to get hungry. They're going to need help finding something on the TV or you're doomed. Yeah. If they're yeah. up and, and they're energetic, um, you kiss that shut eye goodbye because it, it's just not happening <laughs> well luckily with my boys they know what they're allowed to do and how to do it before i'm up because they're they're up at five o'clock in the morning you know typically during the week i'm up at six so that extra hour you know i i is very precious to me so they know what they can do how to get you know snacks that they want to in the morning and that way they leave me alone for that hour there you go see you had them well trained early uh, this person again, I don't know if you would call this reverse psychology, but I didn't realize it until my dad told me this. When there were chores and that needed that when there were chores that needed doing, he noticed if he asked me to mow the lawn, I would complain and procrastinate. But if he asked, would I rather mow the lawn or wash the windows, I'd pick one and just get it done. Shattered my brain when he told me when I was in my twenties. I use it when I'm coaching or babysitting all the time, and it almost never fails. So it's like, would you rather mow the lawn or pick up dog poop? Yeah, uh, that's brilliant. I'll, I'll just mow the lawn. So that way you have a choice. What's the lesser of two evils? Which one are you going to take? Right. It's like the real-world yeah. version of would you rather. Yeah. And they're so, forced hey, to do it. Yep. Kudos to them. So uh, that good, good on them on that. This one, dad and certified foster parent here. Best trick I've learned, give kid choices. Would you, and this is pretty similar to the last, would you like water or apple juice? Would you prefer to read or make up your room? This way you guide them, but it's their choice. Always give them option A or B. Maybe change B for C if they argue, but be firm. If they don't choose, then you tell them you will make a decision for them. At the end, they will choose and will feel commitment to their choice. Again, that is would you rather pretty much. Yep. It's like, uh, would you rather have... Uh, I see people do this like with soda. Like, hey, hey, you can have one Coke today. Would you rather have it now with your lunch or do you want it with your dinner tonight? Because you're only getting one. So, you know, I, I've seen that, I think, with uh, Denny's kid. Okay. I think they've kind of kind of made deals with the Coca-Cola. Good way to do it. Absolutely. Uh, this person, I used to tell my little toddlers that if they were fibbing, a black dot would appear on their tongue to their mother. So if I suspect a lie, just say, stick out your tongue. If they kept tight-lipped, I knew I was right. They are teenagers now and laugh about how they fell for this for years. <laughs> yeah, I can see when you get older and you are you start to grasp that that's a bunch of BS, um, then you, that's not going to work. But as a little kid, absolutely. Because kids, naturally, they don't mean to all the time, but they lie. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they totally fib because they don't want to get in trouble. So they're going to tell you a story. And it's just human nature. It's not that they intend to lie about it. It's just it just happens. It's not taught. It's just one of those things. So yeah. little self-preservation. Yep. <laughs> if you tell them, ah, well, I'm going to see. Let me see your tongue. Mm -mm. 
Well, the minute they say uh, and they're lying. You know, they give themselves they give themselves away without knowing that they give themselves away. That's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this person here, instead of opting for psychology negativity that could make even a grown adult lose motivation, you could offer your child a choice. For example, say that your kid doesn't want to take a bath. You could say that bath time is over and that it's time for bed. This empowers your kid to choose what to do. This is another make a choice one. Um, yeah, okay. Well, almost, I got like 42 seconds. Let me find one that's not a choice. A lot of these are, let's make a make a deal. So this one works if you have a toddler. Okay. Um, I work with toddlers and sometimes if they fall down or get hurt, then I'll clap and cheer them and tell them, wow, that was so cool. They smile and get up instead of crying and continue playing. I only do this when they fall and pause thinking if they should cry or not. This is perfect. I learned this as an uncle. My uh, sister-in-law always taught me, you know, if they bop their head because kids do that. Kids like bang the their heads on stuff. Yeah, they get, they take like, the nastiest bumps and falls and the reaction, they look at you and if you freak out and go, oh my God, are you okay? Ah! They freak out. But if you're like, dude, that was awesome. That was cool. You're all right. Then they're like, and then they move about their business in like five, you know, 2.5 seconds. So yep. if, I agree with that one. A hundred percent. As long as your reaction is just like, way to go or something like that. Probably going to avoid that crazy meltdown. Cause if you freak, which I've done in front of my nephews, <laughs> it is, it is meltdown city for, oh, yeah. for a long time. And like their little bump, is the most dramatic thing in the world. Yep. So. Now, make it fun for them, and uh, you know what? They'll learn that uh, you know getting hurt can be fun. Hey, dude, yeah, well, and it's life. You're going to get hurt. It's, it, it's gonna, you're going to get hurt worse than that at some point down oh, the line. But, yeah. <laughs> man, kids and their heads, man, they are legit headbangers. It's scary. <laughs> Luckily, so they're anyways, resilient. <laughs> yeah, so while most of this was, you know, parents giving you the advice, hopefully you learn some things. If you have little kids, take a few of those, utilize them. And that's it for, you know, silly bit, this silly rabbit, this bit's for kids. Even though there's more silly kids, this bit's for adults this week. So. I agree. You know, I'm taking you know some what? of those for myself and, uh, you know, great information. Well, there folks, we are headed into the break. When we come back, we've got a segment called Welcome to the World of Tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show and we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now if you want to catch us from the comfort of your own home or on the go, you can get us on the ngbn.tv app. So just go to your smart TV, find the ngbn.tv app there or on your mobile device. You can get this great Phoenix Media Show and all of the other wonderful Phoenix Media Shows as well. Now, if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with the K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at uh, facebook.com forward slash Tony Spark. That's S P 
P-A-R-K-81, or on Instagram at Tony.SanFilippo81. Now in it's the- electric! <laughs> now in this Equidistic! In the segment that I've titled, Welcome to the World of Tomorrow! Think back, Tone. The year's 1999. We're getting ready to roll into the year 2000. And we think that, mm-hmm. you know, things are, we're stepping into the future, that things are going to take off. And, you know, here we are 21 years later. We look back at the year 2000 and think, boy, that was uh, quite uneventful. And so uh, what we're going to be doing is taking a look at things in the early 2000s that seem very outdated now. But at the time, we thought we were stepping into the world of tomorrow. Some of these we talked about in the past as, you know, we wax nostalgic about the 1990s. A few of them are carried over into the 2000s, but doesn't mean that they don't still apply. For instance, this one, uh, printing out a MapQuest map wherever you needed to go anywhere <laughs> and being upset if you forgot to print them out in black and white and wasted color ink on them. And that was the part that got me is, you know. I would use them all the time. I had a job where I had to travel quite a bit around the city. And so I'd print those out. But if you forget to put it into black and white and print it in color, oh, you were so pissed because color ink was so expensive. That color ink is still expensive. I've actually, I haven't owned a printer (laughs) in a long time. Really? Okay, yeah. I don't own a printer. Don't print stuff out. I usually, if I print anything out, it's at at work. But um (laughs) But yeah, no, it's it is something I should have, but I, I just don't have because the same thing, the ink and all that crap gets expensive. If you don't print that much, it dries out, so it goes just as bad whether you use it or you don't use it. Yep. Um the old map quest days, crazy to think about, but yeah, that was like but that was a step up because otherwise you had to use an atlas. Yep. Like you had to go buy a Rand <laughs> McNally Atlas. That was the old school way, and you had those maps and you it didn't tell you directions. You had to just look and go, okay, well, I'm going to drive up here. I guess we'll turn a right here, and it's somewhere over here. Like, you could see it, but you just never knew how long. Whereas MapQuest at least would tell you, hey, in like 10 miles, make this exit. It's basically navigation just on paper. Exactly. It's what it was. The other thing that would piss me off about wasting ink is, uh, you know, I'd try to print like only the first page if all the directions fell on the first page because the second page was usually a map that had the roads and all of that. Yeah, and, and it was you... like a big ass color. Yeah, exactly. Like, Damn. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yep. Well, along those lines, let's keep moving on with Welcome to the World of Tomorrow. Of course, in the years, you know, early 2000s, we made that transition from MapQuest to portable GPS systems, but they had the kitschy ones that gave directions in the voices of like Kit from Knight Rider, Mr. Feeney, or uh, Yoda, and you'd have to buy the special edition ones in order to get that. Now they do that on Waze every once in a while. You can do little fun updates like that, but, you know, it would cost you five, six hundred bucks for one of these portable portable GPS devices. Oh, yeah. And uh, they didn't work so well all the time. No, they definitely didn't. I can remember getting my first Garmin, I think, in 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. So, you know, which at that time, you're just you're mind blown because this thing would navigate for you. You're just like, oh, this is awesome. Type in right. the thing. Now it's a standard. Now it's a staple comes usually in nowadays cars and it's right on your phone. Like I 
I actually, I'm surprised sometimes when I see people still buy garments and stuff. Um, right. I think we've finally gotten away from selling them at work, but like a year or two ago, we still had them. <laughs> we still may have them. I don't know. But but when people buy them, I'm just like, but don't you have a smartphone at this point? Like, the, just it's on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Buy buy a $20 phone holder for your uh, car as opposed to yeah. a you know, $300 Garmin, you know? Yeah. Right. And, and that's and that's the thing. The Garmin's just kind of they were great for the period that they were there. They they definitely worked well. The Better other map quest. The other frustrating thing is you'd pull into like a new development where you know houses were being built or businesses that weren't on the map yet and you were mm-hmm. lost. It showed you were out in the middle of nowhere even though you were somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's keep rolling on talking. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. Of course, before the days that, uh, you know, our phones were our cameras and you could share, you know, photos and videos with somebody with a a click of a button. Well, you used to burn photo CDs for your friends of pics you took with your digital camera. And yeah, yeah, you'd have to load it into the computer, figure out which ones you want to keep, organize them in albums. And now it's so much easier, but that's the way we used to do it. Yeah, it's gotten so easy that. Do with time and how many photos you can take and how big storages are now. I it's ridiculous. Over the last like seven years, I think I have like 200 gigs worth of photo and video, like on the cloud, and I couldn't even tell you. Like most of that stuff will never see the light of day as far as being printed. You know, it's but it's great memories. It's awesome there to share on social media. Like hey, way back when. But uh, yeah, man, burning photo CDs. We had to. That I remember the, that's how we had to do our wedding photos to share with people. You know? <laughs> exactly. Put that. Yeah. 2004. <laughs> and then, you know, the other thing was back when you took pictures, when you had to have them developed or even you had just a small memory card, you had to pick and choose the photos you took. Yes. Now, if you're taking a picture, you just take a thousand of them and then delete the ones you don't want. Exactly. Or <laughs> just leave them there and go, hey, that's cool. Exactly. Well, let's keep rolling on talking. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. How about this one? Nothing I really used to do, but I knew people who did. Making sure to look through your DVD you just bought to see if there were any coupons you wanted to use. Yeah, you could go through. There'd be like a Papa John's free cheese sticks and, you know, worthwhile coupons that, uh, you know, you look back now. It's like, why? Why did we do that? Yeah, they always had like promo codes and things like that. Um they had all kinds of stuff. Disney was really notorious for yeah. having a lot of coupons inside their DVDs or um, Blu-rays and things like that. But yeah. I forget, if we're doing early 90s, it's or early 2000s DVDs. Exactly. Yeah. Not Blu-rays yeah, Blu-ray, yet. <laughs> not, not quite. Not quite that high tech. Well, let's keep moving on talking. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. Oh, here's another one that I remember hating having to do once, probably once a month. You know, now we're used to Bluetooth optical mouses. Well, before you had to clean your mouse by removing the ball from inside and then, you know, taking a Q-tip or a toothpick and like fishing out the hair and dead skin and all of the stuff that used to be picked up by that uh, ball. Yeah, I remember that the little turn, the little ball came out. Just hopefully you never lost it because then your mouse was no good. Exactly. But, you know, it's something you had to do. And then the ball that was in there always remind me of an overcooked uh, hard-boiled egg yolk. You know, because yeah. it's that weird yeah, grayish same color. color. Yep, same color. <laughs> well, let's keep rolling on with. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. 
Now this one, Tony, doesn't really apply to you or I because our taste in music vastly different from most people, but they mentioned going to Starbucks and making sure you grabbed its iTunes pick of the week cards along with whatever you were ordering. Typically they were like singer songwriters, you know, folk musicians, but uh, you know, I remember seeing those going into Starbucks and yeah, you'd hear it and pick up the iTunes card and then download it. And you know, our tastes of music were vastly different though. Yeah, no, I remember back in the day for us to get into metal and stuff, if you didn't, because uh, the radio didn't play a lot of, of the bands, you know, they stuck to mainstream. You had to get, uh, I think that was Revolver. Or I don't know if it was Hip Parade or Revolver. I don't remember, but sometimes they'd have the sample CDs, you yep. know, it was like 10 tracks for or like 20 tracks from like different up and coming bands. And sometimes that's how you discovered, or there was a, you would go into like um, JJ's ear candy and stuff, and they'd have like the monthly the samplers. Sampler. Yep. Yeah, that's how you got a hold of new music. A lot of the time was just samplers, whether it was that. But uh, yeah, exactly. Very very early days. Yep. And then finally, here on welcome to the world of tomorrow. Well, it goes back to your technology woes, Tony. Do you remember having to wait to turn off your computer? You'd shut everything down, and then it would pop up that screen that says it is now safe to turn off your computer. Oh yeah. Now you can just power down and it doesn't hurt anything unless you're trying to update your stupid Apple watch. And then it takes like 997 years to flip and do one dumb update. So yep. well in 20 years, yeah. we'll be looking back on that and be gone. Ah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> man. It's like this segment could have gone like back to back segments, man. This was uh, definitely more in tuning. I love going back in time on this stuff. <laughs> exactly. Well, folks, that does do it for this segment. When we come back, we're heading into the final segment of the show that means it's time for this day in history don't go anywhere we'll be right back Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks, to the fourth and final segment of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or Head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? <laughs> hey, you got it to work. All right. <laughs> <laughs> While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. And tell your friends, because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Like, subscribe, share, be nice, and don't. The worst. Don't be the worst. Exactly. <laughs> well, folks, uh, you know it is the final segment of the show. We like to drop a little knowledge on you, hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, let's go ahead and kick things off with This Day in 1494. 
The Treaty of Tordesillas, Spain and Portugal divide the New World among a meridian 370 leagues west of the Cape Verde Islands off the coast of Africa. And so uh, apparently uh, Spain and Portugal were like, you can have this. We'll take that. Of course, the people who actually lived there were like, hey, what about us? Not so much. <laughs> They're like, no, no, we're going to decide what we what we you don't get nothing. But but you guys can have this. Exactly. Moving on this day in 1665, well, there's the Great Plague of London, where Samuel Pepys writes in his diary of houses marked with a red cross in London's Drury Lane, meaning somebody inside is infected with the plague and must be locked in for 40 days or until death. And of course, (laughs) you look back at what that plague was compared to today's standards, and it was basically a simple flu, you know. Killed millions of people, but at the same time, uh, you know, a, a little hygiene would have gone a long way for them. Yeah, well, and how crappy is that? Yeah, there's they painted a red cross on there. So what if like you're cured, you still have the red cross? Ah, sorry, Jim, you gotta stay in there. You still got the red cross. No, I'm good. Yeah, still got the red cross. You, you can't come out, yeah, Jim. Not for sorry. forty days. And how do you get food yeah. and supplies and all that stuff? Man? Who knows? Screw that's probably how they all died. Exactly. No, it was the plague that killed them. No, they ain't eating. <laughs> well, let's move on. This day in 1769, Daniel Boone begins exploring bluegrass, better known as the state of Kentucky. And this picture makes Daniel Boone look like, you know, one of the original founding fathers. I always sort of picture Daniel Boone in like a coonskin cap. And that, Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Not this one. This one looks like, hey. Y'all want to start a bluegrass band? <laughs> I think we could sell it at Starbucks in 2000. Yeah, Downloading them iTunes cards. <laughs> Blowing into jugs and playing, uh, what, broom handles and strings? Yeah. <laughs> bluegrass. Moving on this day in 1893, Gandhi's first act of civil do- disobedience, of course, would be nice to have a little more information you know yeah. was it you know him doing a public fasting you know not eating was it him uh storming somewhere official i don't know all it says is it's his first act of civil disobedience need Way more to info, be disobedient people. gandhi jeez <laughs> let's keep moving on this day in 1909 mary pickford makes her screen debut at the age of 16 you know, you think 1909, that was, you know, when movies were silent. Mary Pickford, probably one of the original film screen actresses. You know, and by today's standards, still, you know, a very beautiful woman that, uh, you know, you would expect to see on the screen today if, uh, you know, she existed. I'm sure she's yeah. long past now. I would imagine not around anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1924, George Lee Mallory. Disappears 775 feet from Everest Summit. Well, I doubt he disappeared. I'm sure he is a George Sickle there about 770 feet from the the peak, just with layers and layers of snow and ice on top of him. Yeah, I would imagine if they haven't found him now, he's still up there somewhere, probably uh, mostly preserved intact, I Mm -hmm. would think. Well, If not a skeleton's there, right? Yeah, even today, if somebody dies near the peak, they just leave the body there. They don't try to extract them. And so there are literally dead bodies everywhere. You're walking on dead bodies as you're going up. Not something I want to do in my lifetime. No, I'm good. Yep. (laughs) 
Moving on this day in 1936, Charles Lucky Luciano is convicted on 62 counts of compulsory prostitution. I assume in this, he's not the one who's going out and prostituting himself. He's probably the facilitator, but that's the reason he was a gangster and uh, found guilty. You just want to get lucky with you? I'm Luciano right here. Get lucky with Lucy tonight. (laughs) That's probably why his nickname was Lucky. Yeah. Because I get lucky. Moving on this day in 1937, Time Magazine publishes the second of the only two known photos taken of the United States Supreme Court in session. And, uh, yeah, grainy black and white photo. It looks like somebody kind of took it, you know, under their coat. But, uh, yeah, you know, back at that time, trying to figure out what was going on in there, not so much. Now, you know, of course, you get C-SPAN and you get that uh, peek inside. Yeah, now it ain't a big mystery. Exactly. Back then it was like, ooh, coveted, sneaky. <laughs> Speaking of firsts, as far as uh, film and TV goes, this day in 1955, the f- uh, first president to appear on color television is Dwight D. Eisenhower. Before that, it was all black and white. Oh, yeah, he gets a tunnel named after him, and he was the first one on color TV. There you go. Moving on this day in 1969, I didn't realize he had his own show. The Johnny Cash Show debuts on ABC TV. I can't even imagine what that would have consisted of, what that would have looked like. And, you know, he's not typically a, uh, you know, bright and, you know, outgoing person. You know, he tends to be more on the darker side, which is why he got his nickname of the Man in Black. It was called The Man in Black. That was the name of the show. <laughs> you like The Man in Black, uh, the Jen and Cash show. You know little Michael Polson was watching that show. Oh, for sure. He was probably also uh, keeping an eye on these guys. This day, 1969, Super Group, group, ah, words are hard. Super group Blind Faith's debut performance in Hyde Park, London, featuring Eric Clapton, Steve Winwood, Steve Baller, and Rick Gretsch. You know, and uh, Eric Clapton, probably the biggest name in that. And he had a lot of bands, but a lot of good hits, too. Yeah, he did. Talented musician. Yep. Speaking of music, this day in 1977, during the Queen's Jubilee, the Sex Pistols attempt to perform on a boat on the River Thames, but are forced to stop by the police. Boy, they did everything they could to try and uh, undermine what was happening in the uh, British government. People just hated the Sex Pistols. They're like... They're like, yeah, let's, what can we piss them off today? Hey, they built a reputation on it, right? Yep, yep. And, uh, boy, quite the reputation they had. Moving on this day in 1986, Madonna's single Live to Tell goes number one. That's still in your uh, playlist, right, Tom? It is. It's in my rotation daily. <laughs> live to Tell. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't know Live to Tell. You know what? That's one I'm not familiar with either. Yeah, but I'm not it, either. It's so a number one. Papa, don't preach, pray, you know, like a prayer, like a virgin, whatever. True blue. No, a couple Madonna, early 80 ones, but I've never heard of that one. Exactly. Here's one that uh, you probably do know, Tone, based on, uh, you know, your previous relationship. 2004, Live Like You Were Dying, single released by Tim McGraw, was the yeah. Grammy Award Best Country Song for 2004 and Billboard Song of the Year, uh, same year, 2004 as well. I can't believe that one's that old now. Like, yeah. I don't feel like it came out that long ago, but 2004 makes sense. I've actually seen Tim McGraw and Faith Hill live. Have Pretty you really? Good. All right. Yeah. All right. Not bad. 
you got to give those early country guys at least, you know, that credit that they put on wonderful shows. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And then finally, this day in history, this day in 2012, 16th century archaeology remains of the Curtain Theater, where some of Shakespeare's plays first performed, found under a pub in London. Could you imagine stumbling upon that? That would be awesome. That would be. You're like, how do we know? It's Shakespeare's theater. There's Shakespeare's skeleton. Hello, (laughs) Booba. And finally, people, before we head out for the day, let's run down some of today's holidays where we talk about the things that we Speaking of Madonna. All right. uh, This day, uh, let's see. It is Daniel Boone Day for obvious reasons. It is June Bug Day. Nothing more annoying than one of those flying into your mouth or your eyeball. It is National Thank God It's Monday Day. Why? Do you really want to celebrate that? It is National Chocolate Ice Cream Day. I'm all about that. It is VCR Day. And Tony, finally for you, just for you, it is Trial Technology Day. So fitting. (laughs) Well, folks, that does it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow with a brand new episode on a Tuesday, which means Animal Tales. In the meantime, have a wonderful Monday, everybody. 